Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. The Boilermakers head to Bloomington Saturday looking for a share of the Big Ten West title and potentially Indianapolis after Purdue got a victory against Northwestern. Game plus talk a little bit of basketball and its trip to Portland coming up this Thanksgiving holiday on Gold and Black Radio. Kyle Charters with Tom Deanhart, Brian Newber here in a couple of minutes. Tom high stepping his way into Bucket Week. Uh, the Boilermakers uh, taking uh, on Hoosiers means a lot. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, you kind of you kind of cut in and out every once in a while. Yeah, obviously a big game of stakes. I know our 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 potentially really substantial for Purdue. Obviously, if somehow Nebraska can take down Iowa on Black Friday, that would open the door for Purdue to beat Indiana and then go to the Big Ten championship game. Now, if if Iowa takes care of business and Purdue wins, the Boilers can still call themselves. Big Ten West champs since they will have technically shared the championship or the title with Iowa. So uh, still a lot to play for regardless of what happens on Black Friday for the Boilermakers. The Boilermakers got by the Wildcats on Saturday. I don't think a game that many of us are going to remember uh, years from now, perhaps, or even maybe days from now. Uh, but they couldn't quite get the two for there with Minnesota squandering opportunities, man. It felt like the Gophers had that game to win against Iowa and uh, the Hawkeyes, as they tend to do, found a way to win the football. Yeah, boy, um, the fumble laid by Mo Ibrahim in the interception, um, just killer for Minnesota. You know, the Gophers did – what we thought they needed to do to, to win that game, <clears throat> run the football very well. They jammed it right at Iowa's stout defense, right? I mean, you can have Blake Corm, You can have Chase Brown. I want Mo Ibrahim. I think he's the best running back in the Big Ten. I mean, I think he showed it again uh, in a basically a one-dimensional offense where he had to carry the load. Iowa knew he had to carry the load. He carried the load. So, except for that late gaff boy, you know, he, he had a great game, and the Gophers are right there poised for the for the uh, for the victory, the upset victory. I guess it wasn't an upset, just the victory, and and they weren't able to do it for the Boilermakers' sake. So, just a tough pill to swallow for Boiler fans watching that ball game. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll break down a little bit of uh, the Northwestern game. We'll do that coming up next on Gold and Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, Industrial and Classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse. But it handles like a bistro. Easton Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Easton Grill in downtown Lafayette. Welcome to our table. Looking to start a new holiday tradition officially marks the start of Sand Valley Pursuits season. Spend quality time indulging in a chef-driven menu. 
complete with craft cocktails and homemade pie. To reserve your experience today, call 866-761069 or visit sandvalleypursuits.com. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at twdesignbuild.com. All right, Tom, the Boilermakers get a, a 17-9 victory against the Wildcats on Saturday. Uh, just enough for Purdue. The defense played uh, really well yet again against a Northwestern team that was uh, a little bit limited with the four-string walk-on quarterback in there. But still, you've got to give uh, Purdue's defense credit for taking on uh, the opponent that day and, and really limiting what the Wildcats were able to do. Yeah, hats off to that D. But like you said, it was a pretty uh, pretty limited Northwestern attack. But still, the Boilers did what they needed to do. They sat on the NU offense. For me, Kyle, I guess, I know, I know the weather conditions were not ideal, but to see Purdue's offense, I mean, I sort of struggled as much as it did against the Northwestern defense. It really is not that good. Uh, was, I think, a little disconcerting. But, again, I know the weather was a factor. But Purdue, I think, only had, Kyle, 34 yards in the third quarter and 100 yards in the second half and only three points in the second half. So, yeah, again, um, you want to get on track here heading down the stretch. So uh, another opportunity on Saturday. And, of course, Kyle, the win was a big talking point. But a lot of people are talking about, as you referenced off the top of this segment, the Jalen Grant penalty. Um, just a crazy circumstance that could have really proven to be costly, but for Purdue's sake, obviously wasn't. To put that game away, I think, with a, another touchdown in that instance. Uh, I mean, I know it's the rule. It specifically is the rule, which to me seems a little crazy. Um, but I, I don't know. <laughs> to me, look, I, we don't need to get into this a lot, but to me – you are directly taunting another player. Like you have another player or coach or fan, I suppose, in front of you, and you are, you are taunting them. What taunting was Jalen Graham doing? What, was he taunting the whole stadium? Was he taunting the people watching? There was nobody there. He didn't turn around and, and poke his finger at a guy. I, I don't know. I just thought it was silly. It's a silly call. You make a good point. He really wasn't directing his, his, I guess, taunt at anybody in particular. And I'll be honest with you, Kyle, not that I'm an expert on high-stepping and strutting, but that wasn't even a real degree, just high-step high step or strut. When you look at some of the things we've seen uh, in other football highlights over the years from Deion Sanders and others. So I guess he shouldn't have done it, but uh, like you said, you wish in that instance maybe officials would be a little bit more judicious in the application of that of that penalty. Yeah, should he not have done it? Probably. Am I going to hold it against him? No. I mean, it just, I don't know. Should have let it go, in my opinion. Purdue is still able to, to hold on for a victory. You mentioned the offense. You know, Devin Mockaby goes out uh, early in the game. Purdue loses Gus Hartwig as well. Two are pretty integral pieces to what uh, – makers are doing but man the passing game just seemed a little bit off maybe the conditions had a little bit to do with that maybe Aiden O'Connell just wasn't to him hitting but uh the offense it was a struggle all afternoon uh, for the Boilermakers to get going 
Yeah, you're right. I talked about the second half in particular. And, um, yeah, Maccabee, we'll find out more, obviously, this week on his status for Saturday, believed to be a concussion. Uh, we shall see um, if it is. What's the protocol where he's at? Uh, we saw Dylan Downing and Kobe Lewis pick up the slack uh, admirably on Saturday. Kobe Lewis had his best game yet as a boilermaker. I think he led the team in total yards. So I think they could get by with, with Downing and then Lewis if they need to on Saturday in Bloomington. You mentioned Gus Hartwig, Kyle, you know, after the game. Jeff Brom basically said, I'm paraphrasing, he's probably done for the year. I believe to be a knee issue. Uh, we saw Josh Kaltenberger come in. Imagine he's going to probably man that spot moving forward. But I always thought Spencer Holstage was the number two center. They would move him over, maybe bring in Sione Finau to play Holstage's guard spot, but they went with, with Kaltenberger at center. And then defensively, you know, Branson Dean did not play. Saturday, will he get back on the field in Bloomington? We shall see. And then Kieran Douglas, Kyle, what a heroic effort. Played with a very banged-up right knee. Led the team in tackles with seven. Is he going to be ready to go? So those are some guys, I think, for people to keep their eye on as we move towards Saturday. Purdue is a 10-point favorite uh, down in Bloomington for the Bucket. Indiana is coming off uh, an upset win at Michigan State. I think one that a very few people thought would happen, Indiana – had only won one of its previous 16 Big Ten games. It had not won in the month of October or November since, uh, well, its last non-September <laughs> victory, I should say, was the December game against Wisconsin up in Madison uh, that the Hoosiers won at the end of the 2020 season. So things had not gone very well uh, in, in October or November here over the last couple of years for the Hoosiers. You look at that game, that was a pretty – strange game that Indiana came back from down 17 with six minutes to go. They got a big kick return, a big running touchdown. Uh, they got a, they got a turnover right after the, the kick return um, that sort of swung momentum pretty hard in the Hoosiers favor, sort of a complete meltdown by the Spartans. But Dexter Williams does provide them a little bit of a different look than what Purdue has seen. Uh, the, the young Indiana quarterback, option a little bit. I think he had 80-something yards running. So Indiana will provide some some different kind of challenges that Purdue really hasn't seen a whole lot of this year. Yeah, they got to be disciplined, right? Uh, Don't let this guy break contain, make him throw the football to win. I think he only completed two passes. Kyle, is that right? Uh, An an electric runner, again, uh, make him him pass, commit to stopping the run. Don't don't get upfield too quick when he runs by you. So it'll take a lot of discipline to just keep him in front of you and try to contain him. So, yeah, he's a different dynamic, uh, a very athletic quarterback. Sean Shivers is the Auburn transfer, small running back who's got some juice. And Jalen Lucas is a dangerous return man. I think he's got two kickoff returns for touchdowns this year. So they've got some weapons there. They really struggle on defense, though, Kyle, especially stopping the pass. So Purdue should have some opportunities. And I think the early forecast – calls for decent conditions for, for late November, maybe in the low 50s, not uh, extremely blustery or anything, too. So that's the case. Maybe uh, that environment could really allow Purdue to really air it out, if you will. So, yeah, you know, I've got some mojo, though, Kyle. They had lost seven in a row. Michigan State had won two in a row, remember, and then they got stunned at home there by the Hoosiers. So Indiana's got a little mojo, and you know they would love to get the bucket back, and they would love to deny Purdue a share of the Big Ten West title. 
Anything change from your perspective uh, with the bowl outlook for the Boilermakers, considering Illinois did lose, as we expected the Illini to do, though that game was a lot closer, I think, than what uh, many had anticipated. Uh, win. Uh, what do you think about uh, a bowl game for Purdue? Yeah, it was a banged-up Michigan team. They found their way with a lot of field goals. It looked like an NFL game. I think, you know, talking to Jerry Palm on Saturday, obviously Big Key's getting, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State in those elite bowls, you know, playoff games or New Year's Six bowls. It looks like all three of those teams are probably going to be in that realm of the postseason. So then you got Iowa, Illinois, and Purdue. And if Iowa goes title game or Purdue, whoever that team is is probably going to go to Orlando, it seems. And then you got probably Purdue or Iowa competing against Illinois for a spot in Tampa. So long story short, Kyle, Purdue's not in Orlando or Tampa. Probably is going to be in Charlotte, and then after that, maybe New York. And I think the, the long shot would be Phoenix. A lot of options there. I'd like to go somewhere warm. That would be nice. <laughs> you don't want to go to Charlotte? Charlotte's, uh, Charlotte's, Charlotte's <laughs> warm, Charlotte warm enough? I don't know. Charlotte's like going to, Charlotte's like going to Carmel, Indiana or something. <laughs> I mean, it's like I want to be in Atlanta. It's like Nashville. It's not even like Nashville. Nashville is probably better than Charlotte. All right. Thanks, Tom. Take care, buddy. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Brian about uh, a little bit of basketball, which we'll play again uh, this week out in Portland late, late Thanksgiving night, and then late again the next night on Golden Black Radio. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, It's about a relationship, a relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life, a relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions, because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code GOLDANDBLACK. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOLDANDBLACK. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist with decades of experience and Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply Buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you 
and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local landmark expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. And Purdue basketball will be back at it uh, again this week during the holiday out in Portland. Kyle here with Brian. Feels like it's been forever since uh, the Boilermakers played here, basically a week and a half to prepare for West Virginia late. Are you prepped for the late start, uh, Brian, on on Thursday night, followed up by the late start, at least uh, for us here in the East, uh, on Friday night? Yeah, we've done this before. You remember the football game we covered uh, in Eugene many years yeah. ago, where we we went to bed at like five o'clock our time after after we covered that football game. No, I just need to make sure that the light rail from the uh, from the arena runs back to downtown <laughs> that late at night, especially on a on a holiday. Um, no, yeah, it, yeah. it's uh, it it's going to be one of many first experiences for this Purdue team here. They, they have to travel across the country. They have to. They have to play a late game, although I, I guess 10 p.m. Eastern is not that late a game, um, you know, locally. But yeah. they have to get on a different time zone. They got to play three games in four days or whatever it is, and then they got to fly all the way to Florida State basically to to play a game there. Um, so, you know, Matt Painter likes to see how his teams uh, respond to adversity and different situations, and he's probably going to get. Uh, a good look at both of those things here in the next couple of days. Yeah, it'll be good for a, a young team that has shown us a little bit of something already this season, I think certainly did in the victory against Marquette. Uh, that win against Marquette should translate, you, you would think, a little bit to to facing a West Virginia team that will be similar in the amount of pressure that it wants to try and create uh, on on the Boilermakers. It you know seems to me that Purdue came out of that uh, uh, feeling pretty good about it I would suspect. Yeah, they certainly should. I mean, six turnovers and 50 plus percent shooting after halftime and like 48% for the game. Um, I think you only gave them two pick sixes, something like that. I think you should feel pretty good about yourself. And, you know, all that time they spent the preseason working on this stuff, uh, you know, has paid off. But also I, I think your, I think your personnel has proven that the, uh, you know, presumed vulnerabilities there, both in your inexperience at guard and your, your non-traditional mix at guard after Braden Smith, uh, I think has has kind of proven itself as not being sort of the open wound against pressure that I think yeah. we might have we might have presumed a couple of, a couple months ago. Um, I think David Jenkins has been a big part of that. He's done a good job. I think Ethan Morton against the press is a real weapon too. Uh, kind of as the second guy to catch the ball, uh, to touch the ball, I should say. And I, I think they've just done a pretty good job collectively uh, with all of this and uh, um, should be feeling pretty good about themselves, should should be feeling pretty prepared. But, you know, now comes a time where you not only have to show you can do it, but you have to show you can do it consistently. I think David Jenkins' presence at Purdue has been great. I mean, for, for not being really a point guard, he has played point guard uh, very well. And not only that, I think just maybe a, a, a steadying influence on 
uh, some of the younger guys out there. I like that lineup that Matt Painter used at the end of the Marquette game to get both of those ball handlers, Braden Smith and him, on the floor at the same time. It seemed like a, a good combination that maybe doesn't need to be used time. Games against pressure. It just seems like Jenkins is, is bringing a lot to Purdue, maybe more than what we anticipated that he would bring Purdue in some of those intangible and, and leadership and sort of been there before type of. Yeah, you know, in kind of the context of what Purdue needs, you know, Purdue needed a point guard. David Jenkins is not a point guard, but let's not confuse, you know, playing point guard and dribbling. And, you know, what, yeah. what they've needed from him is just kind of being able to dribble. And, you know, he's been able to do that. And, uh, you know, Purdue has never needed, you know, Chris Paul at point guard. They have they have lots of uh, stuff baked into the way they, they play and the way they run their offense and whatnot to kind of, kind of decentralize traditional point guard responsibilities. It just so happens they happen to have now a traditional point guard uh, in Braden Smith, yeah. uh, but they've only got one of them. So it's not like um, they need David Jenkins to go out there and be something he's not. They need him to be David Jenkins, and you know him being David Jenkins is has been a really positive thing for Purdue because I think he's brought um, – he's given Purdue another shot maker. He's given Purdue a, a mature, charismatic presence that I think they otherwise needed. I think he's brought yeah. them some physical toughness. I think he's brought them some strength in the backcourt. You know, quietly, this is a pretty physical team, too. You know, outside of your two freshman guards, um, and Braden Smith's tenacity kind of makes up for it, you look kind of across the board at this team. They've got big guards. Yeah. They've got Thanos at center. You know, they've got three uh, <laughs> really, really big and physical power forwards. This is a big physical team, and, and David Jenkins fits right into that, and he's just been a really positive, positive addition here so far through three games. And I don't see any way that that doesn't uh, that that doesn't endure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's been he's been pretty good, nice addition certainly uh, to the team. Um, you mentioned physicality. I think hey, you're cutting out. Um, can you hear me now? I heard the word first. I think you <laughs> I can take that a lot of different yeah. directions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have you take it in a, in a Caleb first direction. Yeah. Uh he was I think you've said before that he that there's more there that we had not seen yet. I think we saw a little bit more of that uh in the game against Marquette, maybe some more of the the athleticism and, and looking for a shot going to the basket a little bit. Uh that's probably some of what you have referenced in the past, right? Yeah, but that stuff's kind of taking a back seat here to some stuff. You know, last year I think his energy over like five minutes was one thing, but now I think when you're when you're prorating that over 25 minutes or whatever it is he's playing, I think it really shows up even more. Uh, and I, I think he's impacting games, you know, with his energy, kind of the same way Mason Gillis does with his relentlessness. You know, and I, I think that's a big deal. And I think he's going to settle in uh, in time here, and I think he's going to start making threes, and he's going to that's going to start opening things up for him a little bit more. And I think that you know Purdue's going to start running some more stuff through him. And um, yeah. I think a lot of guys on this team are still kind of feeling their way around too. I think this is obviously a team still that hasn't played a whole lot together, and I you know I, I think Purdue's still working out its combinations here a little bit, you know, kind of especially with that you know that four or five mix and. 
I think it's just going to take Caleb first maybe a couple more games to kind of settle into what, you know, he does really well and kind of showing that. But in the meantime, what he's been able to do with his energy has been has been a real difference maker for Purdue. What he did with that block shot against Marquette and, uh, you know, some of the other stuff uh, was just really high-level stuff and, you know, things that are kind of easy to overlook because they don't really jump off the page at you in the box score. Um, but I, I, I think he's really making a difference in that regard. One thing that really stuck out to me during the game, especially late in the game, was uh, Brian Waddell as a late-game rotation guy, which I uh, certainly did not expect. Uh, Matt Painter was putting him in there, look like, for, for defense. What do you think he's bringing to the table that Painter liked, at least late in that victory against Marquette? Trust. You know, people yeah. – always overlook the trust factor. The guy that the coaches trust is going to be on the floor uh, when he's a good enough player to be on the floor. And I, I think they they put Brian Waddell out there because he thinks the game, he does the right things. And when you kind of itemize his season, you know, pretty much everything he's done this year has been the right thing. It might not necessarily jump, up, jump off the court at you because uh, he's not putting up huge numbers or anything like that. But I think he's – I think he's smart. I think he's fundamentally sound. I think he doesn't do anything he can't do. And I think when you just need a guy out there who's just not going to be a wild card at times, when he's just got to make the right decision, make the right pass, et cetera, I think that's the guy uh, late in games that, you know, Matt Painter's going to kind of air toward. And uh, I, it's probably too early to say this, but I think that, you know, Brian Waddell might be trending toward becoming to this team what Ethan Morton was the last year's team where he's sort of that guy that, you know, can fill a lot of different spots. And, you know, he might not end the season playing 25 minutes a game, but he's going to make a difference in the in, in the in the 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. He plays every night. And, yeah. Um, he's going to do a lot of different things for you. And uh, he might end the season averaging one point a game, but he will have helped you win a bunch <laughs> of games too. Uh, I, I just yeah. think he's – I think he's going to be a really nice player for Purdue over the long term. Keep in mind, he's he didn't – practice all summer he didn't practice all last year i mean this is all innate stuff he's doing out there right now this isn't the product of you know preparation this is the practice of just what he is as a player just kind of going yeah. out there and 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 being a basketball player and knowing what you're doing and having good instincts and having good fundamentals he's a freaking fundamentals montage you know montage yeah. he's everything he does is sound he's there's nothing exciting about him but there's nothing you know that makes you kind of roll your eyes about him either. He's just a good basketball player, a good, you know, painter keeps using the word functional and that sounds like such a backhanded compliment. It's like, well, he can put one foot in front of the other. That doesn't exactly sound like the most ringing endorsement, but functional is what coaches want and function functional is what coaches need. And, you know, Brian Waddell is functional as hell. For me or you, Brian, we would take hell Brian Waddell. How about that? I would take functional as a compliment. Because sometimes I'm not. Um, thanks, Brian. Have a good trip. Yeah, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up with that. Happy Thanksgiving to uh, to everyone. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, if you do like the podcast, rate us five stars. Leave us a comment as well hopefully these and i think we've figured out the issue will get delivered to you in a more timely fashion going forward um so hopefully that will be the case we will have the 
uh, pregame podcast for Purdue's trip uh, for the Old Oak and Bucket against Indiana uh, mid-morning on Friday. Of course, uh, Brian will have his coverage from out west as well. All right, thanks to our sponsors, as always, for Tom Deanhart and Brian Newbert. I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.